welcome to the Catholic Connect podcast. I'm your host, David Skubin. This is a podcast for all Catholics and people of goodwill who strive to live in the world, but not be of the world. First and foremost, we need to be disciples of Jesus ourselves, and then we go forth and make disciples of all nations, just as our Lord commanded. Through a series of timely topics and great guests, we will take that long and narrow journey to heaven together, encouraging each other in faith and virtue along the way. So let's get started. to drop a note to me anytime on our Facebook and our Twitter page and hopefully we'll be expanding to other social media sites very soon. We haven't been censored on Facebook or Twitter yet so that's a good thing uh, and again it all depends I guess on our avail- our ability to avoid the censorship police. We do indeed live in evil times my friend man very evil times so let's call it for what it is. Ah uh, yes the often repeated empty phrase is to stay home and that we're in this together Far be it for me to tell people this. I'm an individual blessed at least enough to have a time, full-time job in the private sector and have the ability to be flexible where I work so long as I have an internet connection and a phone. But you know, I'm in the minority. You know, there's so many people out there that are facing the prospects of job loss and economic uncertainty, skyrocketing mental health issues, and an extremely crushing hopelessness that only comes from the influence of the evil one. And to compound the issues, and we've talked about this already in some other podcasts, uh, the saving and healing power of our Holy Catholic Church is being silenced. Silence from the outside world of politicians and silence from within due to extreme weakness and a lack of zeal amongst clergy and lay people alike. All the greatness of Western civilization was influenced and built by Catholicism because at one time virtue enlightened our minds en masse. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving were the pillars of the spiritual lives of our elect. And now that we have Lent here, we definitely have something that we can reflect on and grow in for sure. At one time, we dreamt big because we knew we were made for greatness. You know, we were made for magnanimity. We were made for heaven. You know, we had Rome Boys on in a recent episode, and uh, we mentioned that being good is really the enemy of greatness. And really good is the enemy of holiness. It's holiness that gets us to heaven. And when we talk about the souls in purgatory too, we talk about the holy souls in purgatory. So it's not like these people got in by the skin of their teeth or something like that. I mean, there's definitely a life of holiness and a virtue that they had before. There are a lot of good people right now that didn't go to heaven or purgatory. So you know where they went to? They went to hell. So now it just seems that we're really a a shadow of our former selves. The cathedrals that we built for worshiping God and drawing us to higher purpose now sit empty. As we've seen in recent years, even being torched and ransacked, desecrated by nefarious and evil people with punishment for them mostly going ignored. And let's look at France, for example. It seems that um, every week there was at least a couple of church burnings, Catholic church burnings there. And we really don't hear much in the media about that. And we don't hear much in the church. And it's really scary. And France is known around the world as the eldest sister or the eldest daughter, I should say, of the church. And they have really fallen on some hard times, just like us in Canada, for sure. The fire at the Notre Dame Basilica, that was, uh, or Notre Dame, I should say, that's only the tip of the iceberg. You know, the 15 to 20% of baptized Catholics that were going to Sunday Mass before this virus hit 
Only one out of four believe that the Eucharist was the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. And that's a, that's a scary statistic. And we, we've talked about that a little bit here, but boy, it's going to get even worse now. So down to time where we have a virus that has a survival rate of 99.8%, most jurisdictions impose these crippling restrictions on our churches, limiting or even canceling public mass altogether. And we, the church, have complied way too willingly and sometimes imposing measures upon ourselves beyond what is demanded by these secular governments. Now, if we want to see true courage and faith, let's read about St. Charles Borromeo and his actual his response to an actual plague, the Great Plague of Milan, or the St. Charles Plague, like they call it, or just simply go back to episode number 21 of this podcast where we talk about that in depth. My brothers and sisters in Christ, we are weak and we are vulnerable without our Lord in the Eucharist and through the healing power of confession. You see, the devil is a liar and a murderer from the beginning, and he's coming for all of us. Now it's time for the good news. You know, there's time. You know, if you're listening to this, that means you're still breathing and living life, and the time of mercy is right now. You know, the brevity of life is something we need to focus on every day, because the end of all of us is inevitable. And it's a daunting thought that we'll appear before the judgment scene of Jesus, the moment our life is over. And we talk about that metanoia moment in our lives, or a series of metanoia moments. What is metanoia? Well, it's an ancient Greek word referring to a profound transformation of one's outlook, particularly in the spiritual life. And I assure you, my friends, every one of us will have a moment of metanoia. And it's better to discover that moment while we're alive and on this earth, because I assure you, those who do not have that moment of metanoia, that spiritual awakening, they will have one at the end of their lives when they come face to face with Jesus. So stay ready, have your bags packed, and live each day to the fullest. You know, when we die, even if we're blessed enough to have family around us, it's going to be an incredibly lonely and humbling experience. It just will be. You know, in the Catechism of the Council of Trent, it says, quote, At no time are the attacks of the devil more intense than at the moment of our deaths. Well, why is that? Well, that's the last chance that the devil has to snatch away a soul from Jesus or a soul from going to Jesus. But there is hope. And that's why I want to talk a little bit about St. Joseph in this podcast. He is certainly one of the most powerful people in heaven outside of Jesus and Mary, of course. He is also the patron of the dying. So why is that? Well, you think about this. Who was at the deathbed of St. Joseph? Well, yes, indeed, it was the Blessed Virgin Mary and, of course, Jesus. You know, it's written about by many saints that St. Joseph experienced a certain type of desolation and anguish. He would have had a glimpse at the future passion of our Lord Jesus Christ at the cross and his most chaste spouse at the foot of the cross. And he would have experienced the feelings of failure in his duties as a husband and father. My friends, this may well have been the most holy man that ever lived outside of Jesus Christ himself. He was called the most chaste spouse as he lived in perfect purity and he lived with the most beautiful woman who's ever lived. And he raised perfection and truth personified in Jesus Christ. And there was still that struggle. So guys, how often do we fail in our duties to be a good father and a good husband, a good family man? How often are our words too harsh and lacking in love? Do we give adequate time to our children and meet their spiritual needs according to their age and where they're at? You know, a lot of us dads, you know, we're, we're good at providing for the temporal and physical needs of our families. You know, a lot of us have, we go to work, we work hard, we do all those things. We bring home enough money for our families to have uh, plenty of good food and shelter and, and enjoy a lot of the, uh, the fun things in life, the entertainment side of life, which is good. 
you know, we've been blessed with so much in Canada and the West where indeed we have so many opportunities to experience the good things in life that previous generations could only dream of. And I've been there too, guys. I mean, we've, we've made some amazing memories with our family on vacations abroad with our kids and shared some fun times with uh, various sports and dance competitions. But where have I failed? Not always providing the spiritual direction and advice that is fitting of the office of being a father. Not always being an example of prayer and spiritual instruction. Not always being cheerful and taking my family to Mass. Not always being supportive and attentive to the needs of my wife. My sins of omission, guys, that's the one that's going to come for us at the end of our lives. So that's why it's so important that uh, St. Joseph enter as our powerful intercessor. Now, 2021 is a special year in the church because Pope Francis actually declared this year as the year of St. Joseph in the Universal Church. And Pope Francis penned an outstanding apostolic letter to commemorate the proclamation called Patris Corde. The very first sentence of this letter actually really sets the wheels in motion nicely for their, how the rest of the letter goes. With a father's heart, that is how Joseph loved Jesus, whom all four Gospels refer to as the son of Joseph. Even though there is not a single word from St. Joseph is recorded in the Bible, it was his presence at so many major events in the life of Jesus that is so apparent. He truly was a man of action. You know, God spoke to Joseph through dreams, and it really highlighted that he was a man of obedience to God. And obedience is so important, guys. Obedience to the law of God and obedience to what God is asking us through the vocation that we have in our life, particularly marriage. He had several dreams, and two of the most significant were the first one to take Mary to be his wife, if you recall. This was a pretty big step in faith for Joseph and for obedience. And the second was to flee to Egypt when Herod was seeking to kill Jesus. And third was when the angel instructed Joseph even to return back to the land of Israel. So it's really interesting how God spoke to Joseph through these dreams. And they must have been pretty profound dreams because Joseph certainly followed the will of God. And it really changed the course of history because he did follow the will of God. When I think of great faith and obedience, I think of the responsibility as us as fathers and husbands. The world throws so many distractions at us, fellas, you know. Here's where we can ask for the intercession of St. Joseph. We've made a lot of vows and promises to God in our lives, guys. Think back even to confirmation when we renewed our baptismal promises to reject the power of sin and refuse to be mastered by darkness. At confirmation, we promise to be a practicing and observant Catholic for the rest of our lives. That's what we do. So let's go back to that time of our youth when we received the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And here's a couple areas to touch base on and pray for the assistance from St. Joseph for. You know, wisdom. It's the ability to value spiritual things over worldly things. And I, I know sometimes I get caught up in this a little bit as well, where we think a little bit too much about striving for things of this world that are fleeting and passing and not enough for treasure in heaven. You know, to desire God and strive to be, to bring a correct order and a rule of life for us individually and for our families. It says in Proverbs 11, verse 2, it says, quote, A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but just weight is his delight. When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom, end quote. The next one is understanding, and understanding helps us to grasp the truth of the faith more easily and profoundly. So how do we get this? Well, through living in a state of grace, meditating upon scripture, praying that rosary every day. You know, Our Lady asks us 
of this from us, guys. Uh, back to Our Lady of Fatima over 100 years ago. Mary asked us to pray the rosary each and every day for the salvation of sinners. And we got to ask St. Joseph and the other saints too to help us to understand. You know, in Eastern religion, particularly yoga, it says you should empty your mind of things. But what does scripture say? It says the opposite. Philippians chapter 4. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on these things. You know, I think a lot about Joseph being in the presence of Mary and Jesus for that huge chunk of his life and the degree of understanding that he achieved. Right judgment and counsel. Well, you know, in the world of the Catholicism, there isn't a right versus left like you'd see in the political realm. There is a right versus wrong. And guys, when it comes to sin, it's either black or white. You know, it's when we enter the gray area or we think we're entering the gray area. You know, that's where we're really entering the sin area. I think we've compromised too much with the ways of the world where we think that something isn't a sin or we just simply downplay a sin, especially around the areas of impurity and the sins of the flesh. Guys, again, I can't state this enough. It's either black or white. Either we're in a sin area or we're not. So let's pray for purity from St. Joseph for sure and how to judge what kind of uh, situation that we're in because near occasions of sin, that's what we want to avoid so we don't actually get into that state where we're, we commit a sin it would fall out of a state of grace. So let's ask for St. Joseph for his intercession, especially when it comes to purity and sins of the flesh. Courage and fortitude. Well, guys, this is a response to cancel culture. It really is. And we need to stand up for not only ourselves and our faith, but we need to stand up for others as well. What are we going to do in the face of adversity, in the face of challenges to the truth? We need to vigorously defend life and marriage. Defend Catholics and all people of goodwill against injustice. You know, St. Joseph's response to crisis should be an example of being a man of action, and we need to endure till the end. You know, I keep thinking, too, of um, the words of St. Pius V, St. Pope Pius V. He said that all the issues, all the problems in this world are due to lukewarm Catholics. So let's not be there, guys. Let's be a, an example of action and of holiness and virtue. Another one we can bring to mind and bring to St. Joseph to help us with is knowledge. Discerning and understanding God's will and purpose for us in life. You know, dads, living a life of spiritual leadership in our homes and fulfill our vocation to bring our wives to heaven and our children to heaven. God doesn't reveal truths to the proud, only to the humble. It's by setting time aside to study scripture, read the catechism, and to listen to what Jesus has to say in the silence of our hearts. You know, Father Mike Schmitz has the Bible in a year, and that's a great way to dive into Scripture. It's only 15 to 20 minutes every day. You can listen to it as a podcast and even follow along in a Bible. But reading the Catechism in addition to that, that's even better. So maybe do something like this. This is what I'm going to be trying. Listen to that podcast in the morning, and then even at night, right before you go to bed, crack open the Catechism and just read even one paragraph from there. Learn your faith. Learn and study your faith so that you have something to share with other people. It's like the old saying is, you can't give what you don't have. Put that on a coffee mug, right? St. Joseph is also an intercessor for specific areas of our earthly and spiritual lives. One of my favorites is that he is the terror of demons. Now this goes back to the fall of Lucifer in a statement, non servium, I will not serve. Pride was the downfall of Lucifer and his minions. 
So guys, let's not even go there remotely. When we live in a state of mortal sin and don't go to confession regularly, that is our non-servium declaration in our souls. Pride is the root of us not going to confession and walking in friendship and grace with Jesus. When we downplay sin and think it's no big deal, you know, how many times have we heard people say that they're nice or they've never killed anyone? Well, that might be okay if you want to be a nice person, but nice people don't go to heaven, guys. Only holy people go to heaven. Or sometimes we go to the opposite extreme and define our lives by sin. How many times do we hear people identify themselves by their sexuality, for example? That is not a Catholic principle. Saying I am an alcoholic or I'm a drug addict or I just can't stop watching pornography. That is from the pit of hell, my friends. You are a child of God and there is no sin too big for God's mercy. And you have to make this right with God right now while you're still living and breathing. Like I mentioned earlier, the day of our judgment is the day of God's justice. Remember, work out your salvation with fear and trembling and ask St. Joseph for his assistance. It's St. Joseph's humility, obedience, and that yes to God. That's what strikes terror into demons, and that's why he's the terror of demons. And now St. Joseph, he's also the patron of Canada. I don't know if you knew that or not, but it's really awesome, isn't it? He's the patron saint of our country. Here in Alberta, the seat of our Archbishop, Archbishop Richard Smith, is named St. Joseph Basilica, and our seminary in Edmonton is also dedicated to St. Joseph. We also recently received our very first saint, male saint, born and raised in Canada in the name of St. Andre Bissette. And I live in Fort Saskatchewan, Alberta, and we actually have our high school named after St. Andre now as well, which is really neat. Andre had a great devotion to St. Joseph from a very young age. He was of poor health his entire life, right from birth. He lost both his parents by the time he was 12, and he had very little formal education as a youth and had to go out looking for his own job and work in order to survive. Initially, because of his poor health, the congregation of the Holy Cross did not accept him, but eventually they did allow him into the novitiate. Now, some people don't know that Andre actually never became a priest, but he was a consecrated brother, and his main duty for most of his earthly life was to be the order's doorman. So we're not talking about a super flashy job here at all. One of the things he picked up was haircutting, of all things, and he saved the money from cutting hair and invested in a small shrine dedicated to St. Joseph. So as the doorkeeper, he met a lot of people, obviously, and uh, with various physical and spiritual needs. Word soon got out that the people were getting physically healed after praying with Andre, who always humbly pointed to the intercession of St. Joseph as a source for healing. And now, without a doubt, a model of the type of life we need to live in Canada, one of service to God and the Church. It's been lost on us, my friends. The Catholic Church set Canada up with the freedom and prosperity we've been blessed with for decades. But the spirit of the Marxist age masked as progressivism, liberalism, and socialism has taken our country backwards to a primitive existence both intellectually and in the public square. Let's talk about what happens when we have the absence of Christ in the Catholic Church in a society, especially a society that has no respect for human life and its most vulnerable. You know, ask the people who lived under the Aztecs in Mexico how valued their human life was until Our Lady of Guadalupe showed up to save the Mexican people. You know, heck, even ask the people around Bethlehem around the time of the birth of Jesus what happens when a king like Herod has no love for life. And how about communist China? their forced sterilization of women, and abortion en masse through their one-child policy. And now in Canada, 
In the absence of a strong church, we have abortion on demand with no laws to protect the unborn. In the absence of a strong church, we have broken families, widespread divorces, and annulments of Catholic marriages that are oh so easy to obtain. Ask people whose livelihoods have been ruined by organizations masquerading as justice organizations, looting and burning their businesses and properties. Most of those looters and rioters are young people and I would wager have no fathers or male figures to look up to and mentor them in holiness. Women in crisis pregnancies with so-called men that abandon their duties and leave women alone in their misery and uncertainty. That's what happened during the times of the Roman Empire when women were an object of men's lust and not much has changed, has it? The church gave dignity and meaning to the lives and vocations of women through no greater gift than the sacrament of matrimony where women and children are protected and loved by a husband and a dad. In the absence of a strong church, children and women are abandoned all too often. And in the absence of a strong church, the indissoluble union between a man and a woman diminishes and then morphs into an ugly and hideous inversion of a sacrament that allows divorce and remarriage and so-called marriages between people of the same sex. Because you see, in the absence of a strong church, anything goes and we go back to primitive living, a society devoid of virtue and immersed in debauchery and hedonism. Let's turn to scripture in St. Paul's letter to the Romans. It's one of the most powerful and straightforward passages by St. Paul in the scriptures. Romans chapter 1, verse 18 through 32. All right, here's what it says. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and wickedness of men who by their wickedness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. Ever since the creation of the world, his invisible nature, namely his eternal power and deity, has been clearly perceived in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give him thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking and their senseless minds were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for the images resembling mortal man, or birds, or animals, or reptiles. Therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. Their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in their own persons the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a base mind and to improper conduct. They were filled with all manner of wickedness, evil, covetousness, malice, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malignity. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. 
Though they know God's decree that those who do such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but approve those who practice them. I, I don't know what St. Paul has to tell us or what other saints have to tell us to wake us up. A, we can't be in a state of mortal sin, in a state of disrepair in our own souls. And we can't just simply let this church, our Catholic church, be absent in our society. We have to reach out to people and evangelize. That's the way the Lord wants us to be. And we also cannot approve of people that sin. That's one of the acts of mercy, guys. It's one of the the great virtues that we can do is to call out the sinner. Yeah, yeah, of course, we're all sinners ourselves. We totally get that. But if that's the, the comeback that somebody's got for you is that don't judge me, not going to fly. That's not Catholic thought. That is not Catholic thought or a Catholic principle at all. We need to call up the sinner and educate those who are ignorant. That is one of the concrete bedrock calls of all Catholics. So don't let people slough you off by saying that you shouldn't be judging them. That's your duty. You know, if you saw your buddies were sitting around and they were about to drink arsenic poison, would you just sit around and say, huh, you know what, just let them do it? No, you wouldn't. You'd do everything you could to stop your friends from drinking that poison. Where are we in the church? Are we approving of sin because the culture is telling us it's okay? But the good news is if sin darkens the intellect, as St. Augustine so famously said, then virtue enlightens the intellect. Think of St. Joseph spending all those wonderful years of his life practicing virtue with the two most perfect people to ever live. Where there is a strong and vibrant church, there is a strong and virtuous society. And as St. John Paul II said, as the family goes, so goes society. And I believe we're living in incredible and unprecedented times right now. One in which the gospel is now available to everyone on earth. The stage is set for the greatest saints to ever walk the face of the earth to come forth. Ask St. Joseph to help you with that moment of metanoia, that day that you have a profound conversion of heart. Perhaps that moment is today, so seize this opportunity. Living a life of holiness takes nothing away from you. If anything, it gives you so much more. There's a brief prayer in the uh, Pieta book. If you ever get a chance to get this prayer book, it's uh, a great little devotional that you can have around and on your person at all times. It only costs you 2 or $3 at any uh, Catholic bookstore. Just order it online. It's uh, really good. There's all kinds of prayers that take uh, between 10 seconds to 20 minutes. And uh, I always carry it around with me. And one of the prayers, and there's so many prayers to St. Joseph that you can find online or maybe in some other devotionals that you found. But there's a, a small prayer in here that I thought I'd share with you as we conclude this podcast today. It says, O St. Joseph, whose protection is so great, so strong, so prompt before the throne of God, I place in you all my interests and desires. O St. Joseph, do assist me by your powerful intercession and obtain for me from your divine Son all spiritual blessings through Jesus Christ our Lord, so that, having engaged here below your heavenly power, I may offer my thanksgiving and homage to the most loving of fathers. O St. Joseph, I never weary contemplating you, and Jesus asleep in your arms. I dare not approach while he reposes near your heart. Press him in my name, and kiss his fine head for me, and ask him to return the kiss when I draw my dying breath. St. Joseph, patron of departing souls, pray for me. Amen. Blessed Pius IX declared St. Joseph the patron of the Universal Church. It's pretty incredible. If you look online or any kind of uh, encyclopedia, 
everybody, a lot of the saints have different, uh, they're the patrons of various different types of things, but St. Joseph has the patron of the Catholic Church beside him. That's a pretty big job he's got in heaven, a big responsibility. But he's uh, obviously he does it with great perfection. He's also the patron of fathers, of unborn children, immigrants, workers, those seeking employment, carpenters, engineers, travelers, realtors, against doubt and hesitation, of course, of a happy death and of our country, Canada. Boy, could we ever use the intercession of St. Joseph to turn our country back to Jesus and his bride, the Catholic Church. Thank you for listening to the Catholic Connect Podcast, everyone. I appreciate all the messages and the interaction that we have. Feel free to reach out to me anytime through Facebook, through Twitter. I always uh, look forward to our interactions and uh, hearing that you're listening out there. It's outstanding to, to hear that. So thank you very much. You know the drill, folks. Catholics. How are we going to get to happen? Well, you got to live your life in a state of grace. So that means you got to go to confession at least three times a year, every Advent, every Lent, and any time you're in a state of mortal sin. Don't even spend a second of your life there. Thanks for listening, everyone. God bless. We'll talk to you very soon.